Hey, it's Tony Bruski. If you enjoy this podcast, Real Ghost Stories Online, be sure to check out our other paranormal podcast, The Grave Talks, with new episodes every Monday and Tuesday. Just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of one of this week's episodes of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, The Other Side with Timothy Shaw. Shaw grew up surrounded by spirituality. The concept of there being another side to our dimension was not a foreign one. Communicating with deceased loved ones and the dead were common practices among his family. As Tim grew older, he would learn that the ability to communicate with the dead was a skill that he could focus on, and in his own way, be a bridge for messages from the dead to the living. Today on The Grave Talks, we hear about the story and experiences of Timothy Shaw. You know, uh, spiritualism has been in my family since the 1880s. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was actually brought up going to visit my spiritualist relatives in the Lilydale Assembly, which is a uh, spiritualist community in Western New York. And uh, I've had mediums in my family for years. So uh, it's always been really there. It's always been very natural. You know, I had uncles that read cards and uh, back in when I was a kid, and we're talking like nine, ten years old, back in '72 or '73, mm-hmm. I got a chance to go ahead, get out there and experience some really great stuff. But I will admit that uh, I know it's hard to believe, but I was quite the hellion back there. And at, ni- at the age of nine and ten, of course, we were cause all sorts of havoc down in the community. So on Sundays, our parents, you know, uh, uh, my parents, and you know the. The, the people down there, their their parents decided to enroll us in Lyceum, which is a spiritualist Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you what, I was brought up Roman Catholic and went through all the rights of being, you know, all the living rights of being a Roman Catholic. And somehow the spiritualist community really stuck. The spiritualist religion really stuck. And I went to a, a parochial school, which was like a laugh a minute. And I had I, I had a nun. I had a nun that went and uh, asked us when I was in eighth grade, what did you do on your summer vacation? Well, you know what? I mean, everybody else is writing about, oh, we went swimming. We went here. We went there. I wrote, we used to go down to visit my relatives down in the Lilydale Assembly. And I got the chance to, I got a chance to hear somebody uh, speaking without, without moving their lips. I got a chance to, 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 uh, get a message from my great great grandfather at the at at the inspiration stump I, I got a chance to go for meditation and needless to say everybody else you know they everybody got their little papers and everybody got like their C's and B's and I thought I I, I thought I was Ralphie in the Christmas story because I thought that I was going to get this a plus you know this is going to be a great thing that I did in a summer vacation <laughs> and instead of getting my paper I got a note that said uh Please give this to your parents. 
and basically was, Mr. and Mrs. Shaw, we have to have a, a meeting as soon as possible. And we did. And, they, and you know, my parents had, you know, went in there and my father explained everything to her. And uh, basically what she said was, okay, it's a religion. We understand that. But do us a favor. Tell Tim not to be talking about it to his schoolmates and stuff. So my father came back. And he was pretty stern. He said, hey, cut that stuff out, man. You got you can't be talking about that. Not least in this school. Wait till you get to high school. <laughs> well, immediate. You know what? Immediately I went out and I started telling all my friends what I would what we were doing and stuff. So I really have. I mean, I guess, you know, the paranormal kind of walks hand in hand with spiritualism. So I've been influenced by this for years. I mean, when I was in high school, I took part in uh, uh, spirit rescue service uh, circles, which, you know, it's what they call like, you know, trying to go and uh, release the spirit onto, you know, to go back, go wherever it goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I was back, you know, I'm talking 14, 15 years old when that stuff happened. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, I continued right up, kind of chipping at it, not getting very, very serious until about 82 when I actively saw something in, you know, the, the house I was living in. Up until that time, I'd gone to seances and nothing really bothered me. But this was the first time I'd ever seen like a full bodied apparition. You know, I was like, whoa, and kind of freaked me for a few years and I didn't do anything. And, you know, they always say when the time is right. The time is right, and I slowly came back to it. And I, I would say by like eighty five, eighty six, I don't think I, I don't think I've slowed down since. Sure. <laughs> Let me ask you, leading up to to eighty two, when you had that experience and you saw something, um, and you had been brought up in in a very spiritualist family, a very spiritualist world and, and surrounding, and then also had the parochial side of it as well, uh, both. At the same time, uh, complimenting and contradicting. I understand how that that totally works sometimes with with the two. Um, what was it without having a a physical experience or seeing something in front of you like you did in in eighty two? What was it that that kept your interest, kept you, um, you know, believing in in this world of of stuff without having, uh, I guess, a, a, a ghostly experience or something that really physically came to you and, and you saw, oh my God, this is real. Basically, it was the intrinsic feeling that it was right. Okay. You know, it's one of those things where people like are, you know, they kind of wander, they kind of search their whole lives for something to find that, that uh, to get that square peg in the square hole type sure. deal. And I got to tell you, uh, what I was being taught, and again, we're talking the 1970s, you know, uh, we're talking Vatican II. We're talking the uh, uh, demystification of the of the Roman Catholic Church, mm-hmm. and it felt so hollow to me. It felt hollow. It felt as if it was just a cardboard cutout for a religion. Yeah. And again, I mean, I know now that it's a great religion, and I understand how. I mean, both religions, spiritualism and Catholicism, actually mesh together. I mean, sure. they're 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 more uh, uh, positives and negatives mm-hmm. between the two. And you know what? They're so similar. But at that time, the way it was being taught to me was hollow. It was like, you know, it was like I was being talked down to. And again, that was 1970s, the way they did things. Sure. At, you know, when I when I went to Lyceum and I went to the spiritualist churches and, and, and that sort of thing, and I went to all the children's activities, it felt as if we were being spoke to. And that made a big difference back then. It really did. And they believed that they wanted to cultivate 
uh, young minds and and bring these bring kids into the belief system. But however, spiritualism is not a religion of conversion it's a religion of conviction so if you didn't like it and it was it scared you or if it didn't mesh no problem there was no no harm no foul you know do whatever you got to do to go wherever you want to go but for me it just felt right right from the beginning i my uncle used to tell my great uncle used to tell me all sorts of stories and uh you know civil war relatives and and you know the old ways and the, and he's again he was a card reader and he actually foretold an accident where his one of his daughters was actually killed in it and you know he used to tell me that story and and show me different things uh i had a great aunt that used to see uh people in her bedroom and and used to you know commune with different spirits you know passively not as a profession but passively so these were things that really you know, right from an early age, just seemed to just make so much perfect sense to me. Sure. And when you have people who you, you love and you trust, are they're telling you their accounts, and they're not giving it to you in, in the line of a, a tall tale, but just facts of life. This is how it works. This is how it works for us. You're going to accept that, and you're going to believe that uh, more than, than a complete stranger sharing something with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the one thing, again, I want to reiterate is the fact that I went to a, uh, I went to a lecture uh, by the past president of the National Spiritual Association of Churches, she married a former Jesuit theologian, and he had taught at Georgetown University. At that point, I realized that all belief systems are so interconnected, it is, it's, it's mind-blowing. It was an epiphany. And outside of the divinity of Jesus Christ, uh, there really wasn't that much of a difference. I'll tell you what the I'll tell you what the big difference is. It's what they call things, you know, by location and all that. The church has a certain way of saying it. Spiritualists and other, you know, uh, metaphysical religions they have a way of saying it. But it all means the same thing. Yeah. It all means the same thing. And that to me really put it right on the table for me. And that's why I, you know, I always tell people whenever I speak, don't throw a baby out with the bathwater. Don't condemn Christianity. Don't condemn all this stuff because the basic dogma is just like any other dogma. It all is there. It's man that corrupts it in order to go and control or keep that sect or religion going. So always look at the basics and research it for yourself because when you do, you find the beauty of it and the way you wish it had been taught when you were a kid. I know at least, I'll be honest with you, be totally honest with you. If I had been taught Roman Catholicism the way I now understand it and the way I, you know, the way that, you know, other people have taught me and, and friends of mine who are in clergy, I probably would never have gone into the spiritualist religion. I would have stayed a Roman Catholic because of the fact it's so beautiful and you have, you know, all the divination of saints and you have all this stuff that's there. And the most poignant thing that anybody ever told me was this judge, this former Jesuit looked at me one day and he said, listen, Tim, I'm going to tell you something. What you're going to see is that there is no division in what we do. Spirituality is spirituality. It all works the same. It's just that you have to find it for yourself. So go out there and explore. And I mean, I have Pentecostal friends that, that we go and we discuss the Bible and Mormon friends, because I've read a good chunk of the Book of Mormon. Uh, you know, we, we go and we 
you know, we discuss these things. And that's what's beautiful about what we do. I love that. Mm-hmm. Take us to 1982 and the experience that you had where you saw something, where there was something, an incident that occurred that, that took it beyond just faith and a belief system, but a putting it almost somewhat in stone in front of you of, hey, there is definitely something here, and, and here it is for your own eyes. Well, that's, I always laugh at this one because up until this point, I had seen shadows and we had done children's seances and, and adult seances and all this other stuff. And I felt the room get cold mm-hmm. and I've, you know, I was used to that stuff. I was used to all the little hallmarks of a haunting, you know? So I had, I was in college and we went and, uh, uh, there, they had a ISO, a Siddhara isolation tank on the campus and if anybody doesn't know what they are, uh, if you watch the cult classic Altered States, the very last isolation tank that that uh, William Hurt goes into, that's a Sitar isolation tank. Well, I had logged, I don't even know how many hours. Oh, my God. You know, like in one and two hour increments, I probably logged between 50 to 70 hours in this thing. And everyone was start every, you know, every time I went in, it was getting more and more intense. It was getting to the point where I, at, at this time, and we're talking before morphing technology, you know, I could see with my eyes open, faces morphing into each other. Uh, and it just got, it started, the whole feeling started to get very intense. Well, I had done that and I was uh, planning to get married. So I was saving some money and uh, living with my parents up on, you know, I was living up in their second floor apartment and I'm laying in bed and I just started falling asleep and I was running a night crew in a supermarket at the time to make money. And when I fell asleep, it felt like my eyes just exploded and I could see all these little stars. That, that was amazing. And I thought, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. So I kind of jarred me and I woke up and I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I saw an entity or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. walk past the bedroom door slowly. And I went, wow, I got out there and checked. All the windows were shut. There was nothing out there. The feeling was overwhelmingly sweet. It was peaceful. And I said to myself, wow, I finally saw my first full-bodied apparition. This is phenomenal. I did, you know, And I just thought it was the greatest thing. Hope you enjoyed this 15-minute preview of one of this week's two brand-new episodes of The Grave Talks. To hear the rest and get new episodes every Monday and Tuesday right in your podcast feed, search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe or visit thegravetalks.com.